We've reached the second stage of free agency, where players are starting to come in on more inexpensive contracts. And so far, Ryan Poles is finding good value on some nice role players. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. Download it for free at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on your app store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game's store. That's Ultimate Football GM. On the show today... We look at the latest signings from Bears general manager Ryan Poles, the more value signings in this second stage of free agency. We'll look at the new backup quarterback, P.J. Walker, and why that position matters. We'll look at the new backup tight end who might play even a bigger role than you might think in Bob Tanyan coming over from the Green Bay Packers. But we start with the running back, Donta Foreman, coming over from the Carolina Panthers. Yet another Carolina Panther making the transition to Chicago. And to me, this is perhaps the most interesting of the three signings in terms of like where and how he fits and what he replaces, right? We saw David Montgomery sign with the Detroit Lions to the, you know, the behest of a lot of Chicago Bears fans that will miss David Montgomery. I certainly will miss his presence on this team. He was an easy to root for type of guy and someone who was a leading rusher on this team that really earned a lot of respect from the fan base and from the organization for how well he put his body on the line and sacrificed for this team and was a consistent engine for this team. Even when things weren't going particularly well this past season and in, in previous years, he's gone and in comes Dante Foreman on a one year deal worth a little over what $3 million. And all of a sudden it represents really good value for the production that you're getting from the running back spot. And I think it's it's a balance to Khalil Herbert, right? I don't think it's like it's the perfect fit. It's not the name I would have immediately guessed the Bears were going to sign because I think Khalil Herbert is fully capable of being the lead down, you know, first and second down lead rusher for this team, a guy who I think has the skill set to rush for a thousand yards if given enough carries to do so. I mean, he was leading the NFL in yards per carry last season as, as a running back and certainly was on pace for even more production had he had more carries, but of course was playing second fiddle to David Montgomery. I don't think Dante Foreman comes in and instantly takes all of David Montgomery's carries and puts Khalil Herbert back in that role. I think it is going to be an open competition between the two of them, and maybe it's more of a, a closer to a 50-50 split than what we were seeing with, with Montgomery and Herbert at times, assuming when both players are healthy. But it's interesting to me because Foreman is not any better than Herbert as a pass blocker or as a receiver out of the backfield. He really struggles in both of those areas, just like Khalil Herbert. And that's why 
I was a little bit surprised that Foreman was the running back that they went to pair with Herbert. They also, of course, signed Travis Homer earlier in the process from the Seattle Seahawks, but he's more the number three running back in this backfield. But Foreman is a guy that they hardly throw the ball to in Carolina or Tennessee before that, and just not a guy who's very you know explosive, and certainly not after the catch, doesn't have a lot of that receiving production in his career. And then as a pass blocker, really struggled last season and has struggled in general in that aspect of the game. So it's it's very much another like runner, right? Not an all-around weapon out of the backfield, more just a runner. Now, the nice thing is, and I think sort of the reason you see this work is because it's a different style of runner. I think that's why Ryan Poles goes after a guy like Dante Foreman because you, know, you think about Khalil Herbert, he's listed, I think, 5'9", and, you know, 205, 210 pounds. We know he's got the speed. He's got the juice. He can turn it on and go. Foreman is... You know, 6'1", 235 pounds. He is big. He is strong. And, of course, he spent a couple seasons in the Tennessee Titans offense, a very similar scheme to what the Bears run in terms of the running game, the outside zone. Of course, there he was teammates with Kari Blasengame at fullback, and I think Darrington Evans was there with him for a couple seasons as well in that backfield. So there's, there's, there's some scheme familiarity, and there's some personnel familiarity. Of course, Nate Davis, the new right guard that the Bears signed, also coming from that Tennessee Titans offense. This whole free agent period lately, it's tough. it feels like it's the Bears are just taking Titans and Panthers over and over and over again. But regardless, Foreman is one where he's a good, physical, strong runner, and he can be sort of the big-bodied power back, if you will. He does have some speed. He's not slow, but he's just not as explosive as Khalil Herbert. Herbert can be the explosive, and I think sort of like thunder and lightning. I mean, that's kind of the obvious one, but like Foreman is the thunder, Herbert is the lightning, but I I, I do think it's going to be a real open competition, right? Foreman comes in this season on a $3 million contract with more rushing yards last season than David Montgomery. He's clearly capable of being that lead every down back, but a one-year three-plus million-dollar deal is not guaranteeing Foreman is the guy to make sure he's getting all the lead carries and Herbert is going to be purely second fiddle there. I really think it's going to be, you know, the hot hand. It's going to be kind of what the matchups dictate, certainly down in distant situations. I would imagine in the red zone at the goal line, Foreman is probably going to vulture some of those touchdowns in terms of, if you're thinking from a fantasy football perspective, who's going to get the touchdowns, I would guess when they get on third and short, fourth and short, or at the goal line, you're probably going to give it to the 235-pound back as opposed to the 210-pound 5'9 running back. Not that Herbert can't run physically and run hard, but I think when they get into those situations, that's the kind of thing where you're going to see their roles differentiate a little bit more. And and who can then step up in the passing game? Who can improve more as a blocker? Who can improve more as a receiver? Which guy could say, hey, I have this weakness, but I'm working on it. I'm getting better, and I can I can raise my hand and, and contribute more to this Bears offense than him. Give me those snaps on some of those third downs that maybe Travis Homer will take for now and maybe keep for a lot of the season. But, you know, the one who can be first and 10 and run play action and still be a good threat in the passing game is going to be more valuable and get more snaps. And both of these guys, I think, have a lot to prove in that area. But I think it's good value to get a running back who produced at David Montgomery levels last season for $3 million, as opposed to a big contract that a team like the Lions handed to David Montgomery that the Bears weren't willing to spend up on. I also was glad to see the team invest more at the tight end position, not in any way a knock or a slight or a reflection on Cole Komet or how they feel about Cole Komet, but just to add more talent where you can get good value on that talent where you add it. And I also think check a couple of boxes off of Luke Getze's wish list. We'll look at Bob Tanyan's fit in Chicago and why it might not be 
exactly what you think based on kind of his reputation in Green Bay. Next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Ultimate Football GM. We've been talking about this mobile game app for a little while now. And if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try because it puts you in complete control of your own franchise. You are handling every aspect in season, off season, NFL draft, free agency. Can you find good value free agent signings like a Donta Foreman, like a Robert Tanyan, a PJ Walker, those kind of free agents that aren't the big ticket guys, but really help hold your franchise together. If you think you can do better, Ultimate Football GM is the place to do it in a challenging and realistic game world. It's completely free and playable offline, so you can play as you want, when you want, wherever you are. Locked On Bears listeners get a free 100% boost to your franchise when you use our promo code Locked On in the game's store. That's all caps, Locked On. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on your app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. The Bears had room to improve the number two tight end position. And, I, and it, it shouldn't come then as a big surprise that they go out and get another former Green Bay Packer weapon for Luke Getze, who coached him up in Green Bay. Tanyan, also a local Illinois product, you know, of the area and grew up a Bears fan and said in his press conference, you know, that he always envisioned himself as a Chicago Bear. So that that helps too. But right when we think of Robert Tanyan, his nickname up there is Big Bob Tanyan because, you know, it's fairly self-explanatory. They also call him Tonka, I believe, like Tonka Truck because he's, you know, six foot five and 240 pounds or whatever it might be. And we, we remember a few years ago in Green Bay, he had that big season with 11 touchdowns. It was just a red zone scoring machine for them, had 50 catches for almost 600 yards that season and was, yeah, like looking like kind of a sneaky, productive tight end, not going to confuse anybody for Travis Kelsey or even Rob Gronkowski, but like, you know, there's, there's some meat on that, the bones there. There's some, there's some production to be had with him. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like because he gets the nickname, you know, Big Bob Tanyan, that he's got this reputation as like a block, a guy who's like a good blocker and a good, like physical tight end. But I want to make sure everyone is clear that this is much more of a pass catcher. This is much more of a, you know, a, a Jimmy Graham style of tight end. Not by no means am I comparing their physical school, their, you know, their actual like speed and, you know, the ability that Jimmy Graham had in his prime. No, but for, for a comparison, when we think back to the Matt Nagy, like Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham dynamic, Bob Tanyan is much more in the Jimmy Graham style of tight end than purely the Cole Komet style of tight end. When you look at how, Robert Tanyan was used in the Packers offense. Like he was the receiver. Mercedes Lewis was the blocker as far as like the snap distribution in, in recent seasons. You know, he's probably, I was looking at the numbers. It, it varies a little bit from year to year. So these aren't like hard and fast numbers, but he's like 40% at tight end. And then, you know, I think it was like 40% in the slot and like 20% like split out wide. So you're really seeing like a 60, 40 receiver versus tight end type of split for him. That's the type of role he's been used to in a Packers offense that the Bears have an offensive coordinator that that came under. So I, I do think I'll expect to see Tanyan play a little bit more in-line tight end, but he's always going to be the offset tight end, the outside tight end, the one who's off the line of scrimmage, the motion guy who can move a little more in those two tight end sets wherever possible, right? Cole Komet is more the traditional guy who can block and also catch and Tanyan really has not been a very consistent blocker through his career. He's not terrible, 
The Packers rarely used him in pass protection. He was almost always going out running routes. He'd stay in a chip, but like to to actually like stay in for the whole play was a pretty rare situation for him. And in the running game, the effort's there. It's not bad. It's not good. You know, it's like, okay, it's okay. But we knew, or we could tell that Luke Getze wanted to use more two tight end sets last season. We saw early on in the year, there were some games where, you know, especially in the first couple of games of the season where they're still trying to figure out like what exactly they have and who exactly is, you know, reliable. The, the number two tight end, Ryan Griffin, over those first like handful of games, he played 31 snaps week one against the 49ers, then played 11 and 13 the next couple of games. I think he got hurt in there in that process and that took away some of his snaps. But there were times when the Bears really wanted to go too tight end heavy. And Ryan Griffin just wasn't really moving the needle there, right? He just, he's just a guy. He's very much as average as you can be average, average white guy tight end in the NFL. And then, of course, you know, they had Jake Tongas in there. They rotated a couple of their tight ends, but they never really had that number two guy who could really do anything except occupy space on the field, right? I mean, like they all could run a route, but they wouldn't really get open and they could all sort of get in the way as a blocker, but not really dominate anybody. And certainly Tanya is not going to dominate anybody in the blocking game. It's just more so those other, those previous tight ends, like weren't good at either thing. And Rob and Robert Tanyan is a good receiver, not a great receiver, but a good receiver. Someone who's got some size who, who can move pretty well for a six foot five, 240, 245 pound tight end. And he's got a knack for coming down with some contested catches as well and getting open, finding space in between zones. And particularly I think down in the red zone. So this to me, feels like a kind of a twofold Luke Getze wish list move, right? Not only does he get his a number two tight end that he seemed to really want in this offense last year that he couldn't really rely on because the guys they had just weren't all that reliable. And Tanyan offers certainly an upgrade over those other number two tight ends. But then also he gets his number two tight end from his previous role. Somebody who, you know, when you think about free agents being risky, right? You never know, is a free agent going to pan out or not? The least risky free agents are the ones that your coaches have coached before. There's no question Robert Tanyan will know the offense, will fit in the offense, will have a role in this offense, and won't have any trouble picking it up. There's no question that he's going to get along with his offensive coordinator. There's no question, like, how is he off the field? How will he handle it in the locker room? You know, like, comparatively, like, pick any of the other free agents the Bears have signed. You know, they've never coached Donta Foreman before, for example, which by all accounts, great human being, et cetera, et cetera, should be a good fit. But like, they don't know exactly what he's like to be coached and in the locker room because they just have never done it before. But they do know with Robert Tanyan. And so like, there's a certain security in saying like, maybe this, you don't know that this free agent is going to be like stellar, a stud, it's going to be a steal, but you do know it's not going to be a bust, right? You know what you're getting with with Robert Tanyan, and there's a certain safety and security in that that it feels valuable at this stage of free agency, especially on a one-year deal that's very affordable. He can be a nice compliment to Cole Komet and really add a little something extra at the number two tight end spot, right? That's not a position on the roster that is going to totally make or break this Bears season, right? That's not going to be the thing that puts them over the top per se, but it's another solid piece. It's another key in this operation here another another gear on the machine here that keeps things spinning it's another option for for Justin Fields and also you know in in a worst case scenario where Cole Komet is injured and has to miss any amount of time this season you know you feel like Tanyan can be 
enough of a receiving threat. I mean, he's had seasons close to the kind of numbers that Cole Komet's put up that they don't have the same skill set in terms of blocking or whatever, but like he can plug into a bigger role if you need him to. And it's a luxury to have as a number two tight end. And if you can get that on a cheap, affordable contract like this, absolutely. Sign me up for good value for safe, reliable, dependable players like Robert Tanyan. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any downside to a deal like that for the Bears. It's not a sexy deal, though. You know, these kind of value free agents are not not the ones you're going to run out and buy the Robert Tanyan jersey or even the Devonta, Devonta Foreman jersey. And certainly you're not going to see too many Bears fans run out and buy P.J. Walker jerseys. It's the backup quarterback. Who cares? I care. And I think you should, too. The backup quarterback position is not going to be what what wins this team a Super Bowl by any means. But P.J. Walker offers a certain type of upgrade over what the Bears had last season. And I think it's something we should take note of because you take it for granted when you don't have it. We'll, we'll kind of talk about why P.J. Walker is an exciting backup quarterback and why that matters next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free money back to you in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Maybe some of your March Madness bets end up getting your bracket busted that way. Hey, if you get it wrong, no worries. FanDuel will get that no-sweat first bet to get that cash right back to you so you can keep playing and having fun. You can bet on the NFL Draft, XFL, football futures for this next season, NBA playoffs right around the corner. All of your sports betting needs are right there at FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and NFL. I know it's the backup quarterback, and if P.J. Walker has to play significant time this season, then it might be worst case scenario for the Bears. I don't think there's any any scenario in which Justin Fields is not playing games this season. It doesn't really get much worse than that. However, it still matters a lot who that backup quarterback is. And I love having someone in PJ Walker that I feel like gives you a chance to win and can and has has some untapped potential in him that you can get more out of P.J. Walker than we've seen so far. It was frustrating, and I, I, we've talked backup quarterbacks on this podcast probably more than any other Bears podcast here, and so I, I don't want to belabor the point too much, and that's why you know I keep it limited to when there's actual news here about Nathan Peterman or Trevor Simeon, now him being cut, and P.J. Walker in the building. But, like, we knew who Trevor Simeon was. We knew what he could do. We knew what he couldn't do. He can game manage you. He can check down and kind of dink and dunk and lead your offense to some points sometimes, but you're going to need your receivers to make some plays. You're going to need your offensive line to block for him. You're going to need the running game to carry some of the load there. And, you know, there's a pretty limited ceiling there. You know, he's, he's okay. And that he's always kind of been this guy and we know what he is and what he isn't at this stage of his career. Nathan Peterman, we know how bad he was. We knew how bad he was before. We knew he was bad in Chicago. We knew he would be bad if he took the field. So why, why give quarterback roster spots to guys that you know what they are and what they aren't? You know, they can game manage, and that's great, but there's 40 backup quarterbacks out there that can do 
what Trevor Simeon does, that can do what Nathan Peterman does. There's probably 100 quarterbacks that can do what Nathan Peterman does. But P.J. Walker has a little bit of something extra. And it feels like if P.J. Walker has to has to come into a game, you might just see something special. You're not you're not expecting to see something special. You, you know you know it's not it's not going to happen every time, but you know he's capable of some really great throws. And you never you never know if he has to get put in a situation if he can give you something like that. Now obviously he's not nearly consistent enough, or else he would be a starting quarterback somewhere, right? Let's make sure we have our our expectations here properly aligned on the positive and the negative side. Like I think he's a lot better than the Trevor Simeons and Nathan Peterman's of the world, but he's not so much better or else he would be a starting quarterback, right? There is an inconsistency with PJ Walker that is very real and why he comes to the bears on this kind of a deal instead of going to a team where he could actually compete to have a chance to start. But between what we saw from him in the XFL where he lit it up on fire and what we saw from him at times with the Carolina Panthers, like P.J. Walker has had some games and has had some moments and really has shined in a way that looks like it can produce at the NFL level. Like He was the XFL passing leader in 2020, led them in touchdowns as well. And this past season, he had a couple of really stellar games with the Panthers. He also had a couple of really bad games, right? There is inconsistency to P.J. Walker. But if he has to come into the game... It feels like there's some there's some untapped potential in there. They're, like he can turn it on, and you know you can get a great game out of him. You know it's in there. You you might not get it, but you know it's a possibility. And when Trevor Simeon comes in the game, that's just not one of the possibilities, right? You're not you're not thinking, oh maybe maybe we'll get Trevor Simeon to explode. He's gonna oh he's gonna have his emergence. He's gonna have 300 yards and three touchdowns in this game. Like no, it's he's gonna game manage and dink and dunk, and that's what you get, and that's. That what, that's what you signed up for. But with P.J. Walker, maybe there's a chance he comes in and stinks. And you know what? You weren't expecting to win anyway. If Justin Fields is out, you're screwed. As Peyton Manning's quarterback's coach, Tom Moore, famously was asked, you know, why, why they were giving Peyton Manning's backup quarterback any reps at practice. And he, he said, if, if 18's out there, we're effed. And we don't practice effed. So, like, I, to some extent, right, I get it. it it's not... It's not moving the needle a ton. It's not going to be the difference between the Bears making or missing the Super Bowl. But if Justin Fields misses a game or a half and P.J. Walker can come in and give you a little bit of magic and a little bit of something special and win you that game and do something individually himself to win you the game, not not be carried by his wide receivers and his tight ends and his running backs, but actually like playmaking, make that play that we've seen him be capable of making sometimes that's the kind of thing that can be the difference between the playoffs and not in the NFL. A lot of quarterbacks miss a game during a season. It just, it happens. Injuries are going to happen. We've seen it happen for Justin Fields already, not long-term injuries, but short-term injuries have happened for him. And so there's a decent chance PJ Walker is going to need to play some games or a game or appear in and throw some passes. It's going to be the best way to say that. So let's have a backup quarterback then that has some potential, that has some excitement, that has some unknown there, even if there could be some bad and some good. At least there's the possibility for good as opposed to the the Simeons and the and the Petermans of the world where it's just like, man, we, we know what this is, and you're just praying that the wide receivers can make plays to get him enough points, the defense can get him enough points. Like P.J. Walker, he's got some athletic ability. He can move. I think he fits the scheme very well, and he gets rid of the ball really quickly. He is a quick release quarterback, but he hits the intermediate and deep areas of the field really well. He's not he's he's not quick in terms of like 
the three-step drop like West Coast kind of quick, but he's decisive. You know what I mean? It's it's drop back to side throw. He's not taking all day. He's not he's not always trying to be the hero and the playmaker to extend the play. It's like, where can I get the ball to? And I think he's got above average accuracy on the more difficult downfield throws. And sometimes he misses on some of the underneath ones too, in, in some similar ways to Justin Fields. It also signals that the Bears, I think, are past the point of saying Justin Fields needs that QB coach, mentor type guy in the room, right? You have Peterman and Simeon to add some a lot of experience in quarterback. I mean, Simeon's in his 30s. Peterman's been in the league a long time, and like they can be that that sort of like veteran that Justin Fields can lean on. PJ Walker's 28. I mean, he's not he's not young, but he's relatively inexperienced. He's not that much more experienced than Justin Fields. And this is a sign from the Bears organization saying, no, we don't need the old guy backup quarterback who could be the coach in the room with him. We can actually get a backup quarterback who has some similar stylistic things to him and also give us a better chance to win if we need him to be in the game. Uh, that's why I, I like the PJ Walker backup quarterback signing. And I just, I like PJ Walker as a quarterback too. He's fun. He's fun to watch. And I would much rather have a backup quarterback who's fun than a backup quarterback who's boring. That's what it ultimately comes down to. And Hey, if it keeps Nathan Peterman off this roster, that's a win for, for all of us. We'll see what else Ryan Poles has up in his sleeve. I don't think we're anywhere close to being done with free agent signings. The Bears still have the most cap space left. A lot of cap space to spend. Still some pretty significant needs. Right tackle, defensive line, maybe another cornerback. I think more free agent moves are going to come. And when they do, you can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making the Lockdown Bears podcast your first listen today. If you're looking for your second listen, we have a new podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's called Locked On NFL Scouting. It's hosted by Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, the draft dudes, Joe from Lockdown Bills, Kyle from Locked On Dolphins, two great football analysts. They've done a lot of NFL draft work over the time. And this new Lockdown NFL Scouting podcast focuses on team building. From the NFL perspective, what does it take to build a successful NFL franchise? They do it five days a week, just like all of our other Locked On podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Come on back tomorrow for some more Locked On Bears and some, uh, some great Bears analysis. And of course, you have to come back for your next opportunity to bear down.